Welcome to a shot of Business Central and a beer of the podcast where we discuss all things related to Business Central while enjoying a nice cold beer. I'm one of your hosts, Michael. I'm joined by Ken Severhart, who is also the co-host of Shot of Business Central and a beer. And in this episode, we'll be discussing the latest news with Business Central, our thoughts on this beautiful Imperial Biscotti Break beer. And we'll even be spilling the beans on a little bit of a new segment that we've got we've got coming. So, Ken, what's going on? How's it going? Oh, living the dream, my friend. Living the dream? Hi, welcome. Uh, good to see you. <laughs> good to see you How as you well. Doing? I'm good. I'm also living the dream, but mine is a digital dream infused with artificial intelligence. Oh, my goodness gracious. <laughs> yeah. We'll get to that in a minute. Is, yeah, uh, in the meantime... Um, I see you. You continue uh, punking me, or trolling me, or <laughs> whatever the terminology is here with this Imperial Biscotti Break beer from Evil Twin Brewing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that because of the high alcohol content? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. a uh, what is it? It's, uh, it's, a stout. Imperial stout Imperial brewed stout, with yeah. coffee. So I see that's yes, you know, it's right up your alley. <laughs> with almond and vanilla extracts added. Yeah. Now, you might not believe this, but when I actually go to the like Binnie's or the store or whatever to, to pick out the beer, mm-hmm. I hardly ever look at the alcohol content. For some reason, Holy they Christ. tend to be high. This looks like root beer as Ken's pouring it. <laughs> root beer? It looks like tar. <laughs> uh, but we have to say that it's got some high scores on Beer Advocate. Yeah, it's a pretty dark it is, it too. It is the darkest beer I've ever seen. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm if it's nervous. possible to be darker than a Guinness, this is darker than Guinness. It does, yeah. It looks darker. Oh, my God. Look at that. It's like motor oil. <laughs> it's a good comparison. <laughs> <laughs> but on Beer Advocate, it has a score of 96, which might be... One of the higher scores that we've had. Oh, oh isn't that good? <laughs> yeah, did you even wow. give a smell test? Eleven and a half percent, and it is oh. packed with flavor. What about alcohol flavor, though? Yes. Oh, high. really? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I think I read said it wasn't going to be too high. Or yeah. too. So okay. So the smell. Oh, I think it smells really good. I definitely get the chocolate notes. Maybe some nutty notes. I don't get any of the biscotti notes. Yeah. I, I checked out Evil Twin Brewing uh, based out of Ridgewood, New York, which yeah. is like basically like Brooklyn uh, area. And um, I, th- I actually saw, it looks like they had many interesting beers on there. Uh, maybe more that I would enjoy more than this one in particular. <laughs> uh, some of the names, though, that like some of the, it, I don't know, I wouldn't love all of these, but but here's a few of their options that were listed. Cookies and cream ale. Okay. So I think that would be a little too sweet for my taste. E.T. Stay Home Sour IPA. <laughs> so a sour and an IPA combined. Again, not something I like, but interesting nonetheless. Great name, too. And then this one, and then the one I probably would not enjoy the most. Even More Fresh Lobster. It's a triple IPA with lobster. Oh, my God, that's terrible. Right? No way. So maybe this is the best of the bunch. Oh, my God. They don't, they don't mess around with trying out different things, though. Right? I, give them, I give them credit for that. They are yeah, uh, creative. 
uh, yeah. to, at least if nothing else. I mean, look, is 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 this your average beer like your you know your Miller Lights and, and, and whatnot? <clears throat> right? No, it's far from it. To me, it's like a dessert beer, right? Um, it would pair well, I guess, with like a cookie or, or, or cake, maybe if you if you would, if anybody drinks beer with cake. <laughs> but it's thick and it's. But I, I'll tell you what, though, I don't get from the first sip I had. It's not giving me like a punch in the face with alcohol flavoring. No, oh, no, you you're getting that. You're just a much bigger man than I. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not getting that punch. Like we had that, we had we had that one. Um, I can't remember what beer it was. I think it was a barrel aged beer, if I'm not mistaken. You have evolved tremendously oh, over big time. these past few years. I mean, right, Corona. Yeah, oh, I love where, Corona. Where you Modelo, started. Yeah, this yeah. this couldn't be any farther. No, I from know Corona. Well, maybe that's it though. Maybe, maybe I just don't like. Well, if, yeah, I love Corona Modelo, but maybe, yeah, I don't know. I'm just some weird beer drinking guy, I guess. Yeah. So, uh, so this is this is uh, interesting. So some some fun, some funny beer advocate uh, reviews and comments. Very high reviews, right? Just because this is right in the wheelhouse of the of the oh, beer aficionados. Absolutely. You know? But uh, a couple, couple that caught my eye was uh, pours out of the can a midnight black, no light passes through it. <laughs> true, right? It's, oh, look, look! If you hold up, it's one hundred percent true. No light one? passes through it. Nice oily legs on this one. <laughs> okay. uh, is that a good thing? I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that means. Uh, sweet fragrance, chocolate, brown sugar, coffee, and roasted malt. I think those. That's what you love about it. Yeah, it's not bad. Lush and syrupy mouthfeel. I won't go that far. And then my, my favorite one, a fair amount of alcohol. <laughs> fair? Like this is, like, so if you have, if you have like excellent, good, right. fair, right, yeah. poor, like this is fair. What's this guy? What's like, this person be drinking? <laughs> yeah. Like this falls under the fair category. I saw in Beer Advocate, the notes I thought were hysterical. Somebody wrote, or whoever runs the site says, The Roman Empire had a certain je ne sais quoi, festive food culture, extravagant architecture, and spectacular live entertainment. Uh, so far, I can agree with that. Some might argue the emperors were brutal, mad, and hungry for power, and the people vain when taking baths and working out all day. All right, so that's a little stereotypical, right? Taking baths and working out all day. <laughs> so I thought it was kind of funny, though. <laughs> And it says, listen, that's still all part of the secret imperial ingredient. Keep it cool, clean, confident, arrogant, and flamboyant. And then he puts Forza Imperiale. <laughs> yeah, wow. That, yeah, let's this, go is, uh, this is quite a beer. I would, I would summarize it like this. Most beer makes you piss. <laughs> this beer makes you shit. Yeah, this is definitely <laughs> a, one of those. Uh, so we will uh, try. We'll work on these suckers uh, as we go through here. But we have a uh, really we so, so a couple things. We're going to go through our, our shot. Give you a bunch of Business Central, Microsoft news and updates. Uh, we also are going to during a, our feature segment today. We're going to talk about uh, Business Central data administration. So keeping your data clean and current uh, and optimized. Um, but we also are introducing a special, a new segment. Absolutely. Called AI Snack Time. Yes, sir. So, obviously, 
AI, chat GPT has been in the news, and, and if, you've, if you've been listening, we've been talking about it pretty much every month for the last few months. And we've decided to kind of pull together all of the AI-related topics uh, into one segment. So we'll have kind of one segment where we cover whatever, what's new and interesting, mm -hmm. uh, newsworthy in regards to AI and Business Central and Microsoft and Dynamics. And, and while we talk about that, we'll enjoy a nice snack. Yeah. AI is definitely the flavor of the decade. Yeah. So, uh, uh, well, before we move forward, though, yeah. why don't we talk a little bit about, just a quick recap of what we did last month when we talked with uh, Soren Fries, Alexanderson. Yeah, absolutely. I want to say that uh, it was, I thought it was a great conversation. Soren is, is, is a great guy. Uh, I love that he had, you know, not only, I mean, he works at Microsoft, obviously, so he's got some insight into Business Central. But he also had experience with implementation and, and nav and and whatnot. So he's actually very skilled in in, in multiple different fields. Well of rounded, yes, well rounded uh, background for sure. Yeah, so we got a lot, and he clarified the the automate automation thing for us. Where uh, we were under the impression that automation was going to be great for every company, and that's kind of what Microsoft was pushing. But yeah. it turns out, you know, particular pretty much, some use cases for it. And, yeah, but primarily more for smaller <clears throat> companies right now. But you know, big ones might be able to use a little bit. But yeah. overall, great guy. Yeah, great discussion. Take a listen if you haven't, if you didn't. Yeah, and, and I and I would actually go as far to say a very well, uh, a person very well versed in the discussions of beer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, He's also uh, Trappist. Like, enjoyed a, a Trappist Roquefort. Yeah, and he sent us an email too, saying that he's uh, he's also on that uh, Untapped site where right. you can find different beers and keep ratings of your beers. So yeah. he fit in well into yeah. the podcast. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So next up, then we're gonna what? Jump into the shot of BC. You got it. All right. Welcome back to a shot of Business Central. So uh, let's kick it off with 2023 release wave one. Uh, we're sitting right here today, right at the, at the end of April, heading into the beginning of May, and we're starting to see environments get updated uh, to this newest release. Finally. So, yeah, so, you know, when they say April, you know, they always push the bounds, yeah. push those limits, you know. Uh, but this one I've seen more of the stop and where they, where they, they had to yeah. stop implementing and then they had to start. Happened what three three times when we this month? Yeah, I at least saw? I yeah I get yeah we we get all those emails were copied on environments yeah, yeah. they're pausing them okay yeah. they're starting it yeah. okay wait they're pausing it again I always I always joke like I'd love to be in the room like at, at you know at Microsoft and they're like, <laughs> like all right fire up the updates <laughs> yeah. and then and then you know ten minutes later. Hey, hold the updates. Yeah. They got like the old red staples button that just says stop. Oh, just crap. <laughs> Someone, oh, crap. <laughs> It'd be fun. But so. I, think, uh, I think the most I've seen in the past is only stopped maybe once in a month. So this one is, is three times. So. Yeah, we've seen a couple. But yeah, it's a major release. So there's definitely, yeah. you know, there's new features and new functions. So they're running into things. They're seeing things. And I love it. I love that they're, you know, they take that effort to, to pause it. And if it takes an extra week, great, whatever. Yeah. But, you know, it's better to be done right than, than done and, and have issues. So. I, I love the speed at which they fix it. Like you said, if it only takes a week, to me, that's fast. I mean, you're fixing an update that's going out to however many environments, Tons, you know what I mean? Yeah. That, so that's, that's pretty, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, no doubt. And then, uh, so that was pretty, well, then what do we got? We got Directions Partner Conference. You, 
You attended Directions. I did, yeah. So uh, every year, you know, there's a, a Directions Partner Conference. It's SMB Partner, Microsoft Partner Conference. Primarily focused around Business Central now. I mean, you'll see SL and GP partners there also, or Power Platform. But, but I mean, primarily it's around Business Central, right, as mm-hmm. kind of the kind of the future of SMB products for Microsoft, ERP. Yeah. Um, and it was um, it was a great event. Um, Microsoft is the platinum sponsor, so you know kind of what that means is obviously Microsoft helps support the conference financially, um, but I think more importantly they also send a ton of people to the conference who then uh, lead a lot of the sessions. Right. So it's not a partner conference led by partners. I mean I think it's officially led by partners. Yeah. But, um, but the the content. Microsoft has a huge presence there. Mike Morton, um, mm-hmm. a lot of the, the, the head, you know, the SMB Microsoft leadership team is there uh, to present and, and uh, kind of work with partners on what's coming up. Over 1,000 attendees, officially over 1,100 wow. attendees, which is... I, I, it, Pre-COVID it numbers? Oh, definitely, yeah. I mean, I, I, I've been to many, many directions conferences. I... I, they didn't say it was a record, so it must not be a record, but I would say in my experience, the average directions conference was somewhere between 500 to 1,000. So it was yeah. definitely on the larger end. Over 200 first-time attendees. Uh, they had over 200 sessions, 200 speakers. Uh, they had a women in dynamics luncheon, lunch event um, that was very popular uh, as well. So yeah. they had a kind of a, a good presence there, a lot of interest in the Women in Dynamics group, which you know, we talked about with Soren last month. Yeah, yeah, I think that's gonna be pretty big. Uh, did you get the feeling that, you said there's over 200 new attendees, did you get the feeling maybe of just randomly talking to people that maybe these are a lot of people that have jumped ship from GP to BC and they're, they're kind of new and they're, and they're just did. trying to feel it, yeah? Yeah, I did. Um, I talked to multiple people who uh, worked for either a, a small micro, a smaller Microsoft partner who is doing GP uh, and a couple people also who worked at uh, like CPA firms who also had like a, have it like a technology practice hmm. and in that technology practice they had maybe been supporting their customers with their use of, of QuickBooks and now they were getting into business central and um, you know the the impression I got was that frustration. They were kind of uh, I don't want to say deer in headlights. Overwhelmed, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, frankly, a little overwhelmed with like you know the sophistication of Business yeah, Central. Yeah. You know, it's not QuickBooks. I mean, it is a yeah. mid market ERP system with right. a lot of functionality in there, and I think that that it, it, I, I I talked to two different people who who had that like. Wow, like you know, this is this is going to take at least a, a couple months to get each project implemented. And I'm thinking, like, yeah, maybe if it's you know just GL and AP, I guess yeah. if that's all you're doing in QuickBooks, right? I mean, maybe sometimes the scope is kind of yeah. simple, um, but 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 yeah. So I did see I did see multiple new people, um, and some new ISVs also, some some new app developer partners that were there. Um, that, that hadn't been there before, and some of our customers are running some of their apps, so I got to, to meet some, some of those people there. So some, yeah, a lot of new apps. I mean, I think there's over 3,600 yeah. apps for Business Central on App Source now. It's amazing. Um, so there's, there was a, few, a lot of news. Uh, one of the, let's talk about that, App Source. Uh, you're gonna start to see 
a buy now button on app source uh, this is just kind of in a, in a kind of a preview kind of pilot mode right now uh, they're working with a few partners to test this out only with a per user license model so it's going to kind of be pretty limited to start but their plan is to introduce uh, per tenant pricing options or per what they call metered use which means like per transaction or per activity or whatever, some sort of activity that they're monitoring that you get charged by, like per, expe per expense report or per invoice. Do you know in the background who's handling it? Is, is Microsoft taking over ownership yeah. of this? Yeah, so it's gonna be Microsoft, so it's all gonna be Finally. coordinated through Microsoft and, and you know Thank they'll you take God. a relatively small cut for hosting and managing yes, all of should. that environment, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Uh, and then, yeah, and then so, so it's gonna, I think in the long run, that's going to be kind of the model, yeah. but in the short run, you're going to you're going to only start to slowly see it over the next twelve months, probably. Well, we've been talking about it for I want yeah. to say years now on the podcast that AppSource needs to be revamped and right. Microsoft needs to take over the the billing aspect and and whatnot for it. So yeah. that's good to see. They they've known it's it's an issue and and whatnot. So yep. Yeah. So that was a kind of one of the highlights. Um, that we also had another lot of lot of discussion around what they call Microsoft Copilot, which is AI. I don't want to talk too much about it right now because we're going to talk about it in a minute as we enjoy our snack, yep. um, our AI snack. And then, <laughs> um, and then the last thing is just we saw some cool stuff. Uh, they showed a lot of new features that are coming out in 2023, wave one. Um, but, but really what my, where I saw a huge, huge uh, change is in the development tools. So there's a few huge things uh, that we saw. One is the in what they call the in-client profiler which is being able to debug a production environment in real time. Just turn on debug mode to try to capture what's happening, why an error might be displayed mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, so that's gonna be a huge breakthrough in terms of support. Huge. Uh, and being able to identify issues. So that's one thing. Uh, two was what they call the AL Explorer, which is if you, if you came from NAV, you had the old object designer or development environment, the AL Explorer kind of looks like that, where you can see, quote, the objects, the tables, pages, reports, and, and things in there, uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, there was a thing, uh, what's, there was, they showed a feature of called Azure Logic Apps. And um, what this is, is basically, it's a Power BI solution, a pre-made dashboard and reporting, or a set of reports, that allow you to view your business central telemetry data. Right. So behind the scenes, Microsoft is capturing all of this telemetry data on like, usage and right. errors and all this kind of environment connections and things. And, and this Azure Logic Apps, this Power BI solution, it's a pre-made package. You can download it, turn it on, hook it up to an environment and, and, and view all that telemetry data really? that's been captured. Um, making it a lot more user-friendly for partners. And this is what I love. I love it, and I, I'm mentioning it because I, right, partners and customers don't just want tools, right? BC is a tool, Power BI is a tool, telemetry is a tool. This is a solution. Here's, <laughs> this is the dashboard that you can use to view it. It's like plug it in and use it. It's a yeah. solution. Because sometimes the tools are very complicated. And, and everyone has to reinvent it. the wheel every <clears throat> right. time. So that's what I love about that. And um, another thing was what they call the business central performance testing. And what this allows you to do, if, if performance is a concern of yours, 
what you can do is in your, in your Business Central environment, you can install this extension called the BCPT, Business Central Performance Testing. And you can set up, like you can say, okay, hey, I wanna, I wanna have, pretend like 50 users are opening the customer card page. 20 users are running the inventory valuation report. And 10 users are posting purchase orders. And, and, and run it. And, and it kicks off all these activities and you can actually monitor and capture the runtime wow. on all of these events. And, and so what that means, you can, you can see, okay, what's this performance look like? Yeah. And down to the granular level of which events are taking how long. And build like a baseline to say, all right, hey, here's, here's what we were experiencing under this set of circumstances. And then now, oh, hey, in this environment, we're having problems. Let's run that same performance test and see how long things are taking to allow you to identify where's the, the issue. Problem. And usually it's like glaring, right? Like, look, yeah. right here, 90% of the time is taken up by this step, right. which is caused by this extension. Gotcha. Right? That's pretty cool. So pretty cool stuff. And then the biggest, most, the biggest coolest thing was um, what they call um, the Git, GitHub Copilot, which again, I don't, I'm gonna, we're going to talk about in, 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 in snack time. AI. Um, so AI, yeah, but, but uh, GitHub for Visual Studio Code, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute, but that, that's pretty cool. Ken always sounds so thrilled when you say AI. <laughs> it's like, I'm ex He's like, like, yeah. Yeah, I'm excited, yeah. yeah. Um, you, you and your AI. <laughs> yeah. Now we're we're gonna talk. We're gonna hit that pretty hard. So so yeah, that was my. I had a. It was a short stint for me. I didn't stay for the whole. I wasn't able to stay for the whole conference. Um, but I got down there, met a lot of people. I really enjoyed networking and and. and one did, did any one session stick out for you? I don't know if you had any time to attend sessions or if you were just. Uh, you know, one of the one of the sessions, and I didn't talk about this here, was but but is the new partner certification. Um, they call it partner designations. And there's six categories that you can receive a partner designation in or a badge, what they call a badge. Um, obviously for us, for, as a Business Central partner, we would want to get the Business Applications badge, all right? But, but you also could but get the Modern yeah. Work badge if yeah. you do a lot of Office 365, for example. Yeah. But doesn't the business, the, the business Applications require you to still do, even though we're BC focused, you still have to yeah, partake in like the enterprise sector a little bit. You have to you have to pass you have to pass the advanced certification, which is only um, a an an FNO architect or a power platform architect. So those are the two sets of exams, and it's multiple exams yeah. for each why, one. Of why Microsoft? Why? <laughs> Does it make sense? Right, and and I, I attended a session there and. Um, you know, it, it, was, it was noteworthy for me. I mean, they, there's not many partners who have, who have achieved uh, the business certification. Uh, certification, yeah, business application certification. Um, so, and they didn't understand why. It seemed so easy. Well, it's like you had, let's just say you had, I don't know, 5,000 gold partners, and then you've only got a couple hundred business apps certified like right what's going on is it the part it's not fault? yeah there's something yeah we're missing something yeah and i think <laughs> i think too i mean I, I i think it's strategic i think it's you know microsoft wants to create a differentiator for for some partners i mean if everyone's if everyone's a certified partner then what is, what is the value so i there is merit in that right to create this as yeah. a as a pretty high bar 
to get across. Yeah, absolutely. But, but it can't be too high. I mean, it, it can't be. Um, you know, there's there got to be levels, though, right? Like you had the the silver certification and correct. and whatnot. Right, and, and and every partner has kind of a different business model and different set of customers, and exactly. and um, it, it doesn't mean that they're not good and qualified at what they do just because maybe one of the six metrics well, they're not able to hit. Right, it just means that they're focused on what they're good at. Right, right. Yeah, some people don't partake in the enterprise section. Yeah, yep. but nice. So you had a good time. Let's yep. see what else. Oh, next up we've got Microsoft Q3 earnings, right? Yeah, so let's let's talk about this. So this is kind of a macro macro level thing, right? So if, if you pay attention to the news or the stock market, right? Microsoft released their third quarter earnings. And I think there was a lot of uh, nervousness around yeah, this, yeah. right? Because a lot of companies have said they've been slowing down. They've seen slowdowns in their growth rates. and Especially other companies with cloud revenue, yeah. Yeah, and I would say, although although um, I think the growth rate has decelerated. I think I read 26 or 27% only from Microsoft for cloud. Only. Yeah. Well, only right. yeah, compared to past years. That's, yeah. So that's my takeaway. My takeaway is this. Revenue was almost $53 billion for the quarter, right, which is up 10% in constant currency. So if you remove the effects of currency fluctuations, right. it's up 10%. Net in. Net income for the quarter, bottom line, $18.3 billion, up 14% in constant currency, right? Uh, now, of that $53 billion, cloud revenue was 285 So mm -hmm. about, what, just over 50%. Yeah. And that's up 25% year over year. So, so you're seeing, obviously, a lot more cloud growth and, a lot, and, and less... Uh, no growth or shrinkage on, on some of the traditional yeah. on-premise uh, stuff. From what I was reading too, though, I think Microsoft might have been predicted not to beat the number that was predicted for. Correct. Them. And, and they, they're saying that they, they, they beat they it. They beat it. Yeah. But they're saying they beat it because of the AI push, right? Did you read that? I didn't read that. Why? I know that the consensus was a certain number, and Microsoft beat both the revenue and net income. Yeah, I think, well, what I read is that basically because of the influx of their AI co-pilot and whatnot, it's giving them a, a, another push. A back, so, uh, yeah. Um, so, and, and, and Dynamics, they did break out Dynamics. So it's not, it's not just Business Central, but Dynamics product category and cloud services increased 21% in constant currency. Now, they don't throw the billion, how many, you know, how, yeah, how yeah. much is that in terms of dollars, but... Dynamics 365 revenue growth was up 29% in constant currency. Good number. That, that's great for Business Central. So, so, like, so why are we talking about this, right? Well, Business Central is a Microsoft product, Ken. <laughs> that's right. And I think it's very important. And it's like, I, I, I think I would tell people don't look past this, right? I mean, all these numbers are huge. And by the way, the biggest percent increase that I mentioned was Dynamics 365, yeah. which is Business Central. And small and mid-sized businesses, when they go out there and they decide that they're going to implement or upgrade a, a new ERP system, that is one of the most significant investments and risks uh -huh. that a company is going to make, if you think about it, um, right? Absolutely. So the, the, the point is, those people who have chosen to implement or upgrade to Business Central Online, man, they made 
a great decision. Yeah, I think the numbers scream that Microsoft is a forward-thinking company, technology first, very innovative, and I think what the numbers are saying is that everybody believes in their vision of what they're doing for the future, and people have the utmost confidence in Microsoft as a company and, to invest in it. Yeah, and people are people are liking it. Yeah, they're they're getting a lot out of it, and they're seeing the value of some of the new features and functionality that Microsoft's putting in with Office integration and. Yeah. Const, you know, monthly updates to keep you current on the latest technology. Yeah. So I think I think these are this is all great. All these numbers and seeing the growth just and it's more investment by Microsoft, right? Absolutely. That they're going to be making when they see. Trust me, when when Microsoft looks at their numbers and at the end of the quarter they see that the highest growth rate was in Dynamics, that that encourages them to invest mm-hmm. in that area, which is good good for you if you're running Business Central. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because what six seven years ago when you know the, the terms of cloud software, cloud ERP software came out, I think most people were oh, I don't know cloud. How could it work? You know what right. I mean? Yeah, four and, years ago, five years ago, that yeah. was the case. And Microsoft basically said, "Hey, here, hold my beer and watch this." Right. <laughs> <laughs> and here we are, still holding that beer. <laughs> yeah. So they're doing they're doing a heck of a job. Yeah. But to that note. They do tend to make a lot of changes that uh, can be somewhat uh, complicated, like the NAV, you know, in Pricing. Business Central licensing, yeah, the updates and whatnot. Yeah. Um, so if, if people who don't know, starting this year in October, the enhancement plans are going to increase one more percent um, from 17% to 18% yeah. uh, percentage fees. And the Business Central licensing is now aligned, or on-premise licensing is now aligned with cloud licensing right. same price all subscription based you right you can no longer buy a license for twenty eight hundred dollars yeah what they call like the perpetual licensing model where you yeah. buy it up front and then pay the 16 18 percent right. per year yeah it's all going to be only subscription same prices as business central online so you can run it on premise if you want to or you need to but it's all the same subscription price and i think i speak for microsoft when i say why would you want to <laughs> Why would you want to run it on premise? Right. It's got to be a need. It yeah. has to be a, a, a need, either due to no, no internet availability, um, maybe some, some really large integration that you're doing that yeah. requires uh, an on-premise server, or maybe you're selling to the U.S. military and right. you have restrictions on your ability to run in a multi-tenant cloud environment. Here's a question for you. In the past, these sort of things have been like cyclical, right? where it's cloud, you know, or before it wasn't called cloud, but everybody had to like kind of dial into a certain place. Mm-hmm. Do you think five, 10 years from now, on-premise is going to make a comeback? No. No? You think that's it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think so. I think the only way it would have to make a comeback is if there is some sort of crazy cybersecurity risk and everything just goes to hell and people are like, that's it, I'm never gonna go cloud again. That's true, yeah, or for some reason, the price of, uh, the cost yeah. of purchasing and maintaining an on-premise server for somehow, somehow gets yeah. so crazy low that, that, that there's just no, you know, yeah. you don't get that return on your investment, right? But then you'd have to have the ability to update it 
very easily and integrate with yeah, online yeah. cloud apps yeah. and uh, so there's a lot of factors. So they're all yeah all they're all big ifs. Yeah, I mean it it could be could be, but you know who knows? I guess we'll have to wait and see. <laughs> Speaking of online software going away, did you hear about? Or sorry, on premise. Yeah, they say online. Yeah. On wow, this beer is pretty strong, huh? Yeah, right. <laughs> Slow down there, big boy. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of on-premise software going away, uh, GP, to me personally, I think the writing's finally on the wall. I mean, they've been Microsoft's been kind of alluding to it in the past, but I think that now they're really saying that, I think it's what, after 2026? April 1st, 2026. There's not going to be too many more, there's not going to be any more updates to it? And, and uh, no, well, no, you, you no. will not be able to, new customers will not be able to purchase GP. Yeah, so if you haven't continued. purchased great GP by April 1st, 2026, you will not be able to purchase yeah. it. After. But they're going to still continue to support it for years after that. Five years, yeah, full product life cycle support. Yeah. So today, they, you know, there's a release, 2020, we're in 2023, so that's going to be supported through 2028. And, and so uh, any release, they'll follow the, the GP support life cycle. Yeah, this is, to me, this is just another thing. Microsoft's just trying to push people towards the cloud. Um, but, you know, like we said, like, we talked about it earlier, Business Central is obviously a different different beast than GP, but they kind of, it, it pretty much does all everything that GP can, so they want to push it towards, push everybody on GP towards Business Central. Yeah. But I think we talked about, what was it, last year at Directions, Mike Morton kind of made a, a little bit of a gaffe, put a slide up that basically said GP's kind of going away. I would say it was presented as a gaffe, but <laughs> I, I don't know how a slide accidentally gets put into a PowerPoint presentation <laughs> in front of a group of people. Yeah. You know, so, so they were kind of testing the waters or whatnot, yeah, and then this yeah. year it, it seems that... Yeah, now let's make it official. Yeah. yeah. So, and then last uh, last thing I have is just the Dynamics Con uh, conference is scheduled for, like, around, I think it's May 22nd to the 25th out in Scottsdale, Arizona. Um, so that's a that's a kind of a user conference meant for users. So uh, I will be there speaking at a leading a session. A lot of other great speakers there. Hoping right. it's uh, continuing on its growth trajectory uh, from year one to year two to year three this year. Yeah, I just saw it today, and I, I don't know if this is for DynamicsCon live or DynamicsCon uh, virtual because they still do a virtual event. But they just reached five hundred and four registers oh okay which was a record for them for sure yeah so i don't i don't know like i said if it's for virtual or if it's for the, the live event so yeah their trajectory looks pretty pretty good i love the uh the branding and the marketing yeah yep so yeah so i had a, i really enjoyed the conference last year out in san antonio um and and yeah hopefully this one's bigger and better do you have any idea what you're going to try to do your session on this year yeah, I'm going to be talking about, um, you know, how, how to manage service activities in Business Central. Oh. So what are, the, what are the options for managing service activities? Nice. Uh, service management, jobs, apps, other, right? So Should be a good time. Ken's sessions are always one of the, uh, yeah. the fan yeah. favorites, so be sure to check it 8 out. 8 a.m. on the last day. 8 a.m. on the last day? Yeah. So. Oh. <laughs> That the only the diehards. We gotta talk to somebody. Only yeah. the diehards will be there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good times though. All right, what do we what do we want to do next? Do you want to do the feature segment? Yeah, no, I'm I'm ready for a snack. All right, this. so next up, new segment, yeah. AI snack time. Let's do it. All right, welcome to the inaugural 
AI snack time. Uh, so with this new segment, our plan is to kind of centralize all of the AI, chat GPT, uh, machine learning, whatever, whatever all that terminology is for uh, into one segment. Because we feel like we've been kind of... Uh, bits and pieces here Bits and, and there, pieces yeah. here and there scattered throughout everything. So we're kind of centralize this into a single segment so we can kind of cover what's new each month in this area of very popular... It's a huge topic, uh, now, yeah. topic these days of what's new, what's going on, what are people doing with it? How is this going to impact my life? Right? And if you thought that we're just calling it AI snack time, like as a like a virtual snack of AI news, <laughs> yes, but we literally are also enjoying a snack right now. So today we have some Dots pretzels. The best pretzels you can get. I assume everyone now knows what Dots pretzels are. I don't know. But if, if it wasn't we, for With our Jim worldwide Gio. audience, maybe maybe Dots pretzels aren't distributed worldwide. Yeah, they're or out of North Dakota. What do you call these? Like Kind of like a, if you've ever seen like a small, like a pretzel stick, like a butter braid. Yeah, it's like a rope. A butter braid pretzel stick, but with um, crazy good seasonings on it. The, um, the flavoring is amazing. Yeah. Right? If it wasn't for Jim Gio a couple years ago to introduce me to these, I never would heard of them. I never even tried them. Yeah. And when he brought it up, I was like, it's a pretzel. Like, what's the big deal? Yeah. And then you I'll, try it, and you're like, wow. Yeah, so if you haven't had a Dots pretzel before, go out and get a bag. They're not, they're not super cheap, but I think, no. I think they're worth it. Um, yeah, it's the craft beer pretzels. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so, um, <clears throat> so AI. So, you know, being at um, the, the conference, right, at the partner conference, you know, th there was a huge, th this was a big part of it, right? And, and Microsoft has made a huge investment in, in a company called OpenAI, a billion dollar plus, probably multiple billions of dollars. Um, and I don't, I don't know if I fully understand the relationship there between, you know, ChatGPT is a product created by OpenAI Open AI, yep. that Microsoft has the exclusive use and mm -hmm. rights to. Yep. Um, so, uh, you know, but, but, um, you know, this is this is going to be a big topic of discussion, and Microsoft's going to be incorporating this uh, AI into a lot all of their all of their products, really, right? And why not? In, in my opinion, um, but I think some could argue they need to slow it down. They need to know what some of the repercussions could be. You know, AI, good or bad, who who knows, yeah. right? But yeah, so yeah. they've come out with something called Copilot, if you right? Will. Right, yep. which is their version of it's AI. It's a branding for, um, yeah, the AI that they're going to be incorporating into their different products. Yeah. And I like the name Copilot. Like, it's there to help you, right? It's not running you. It's a tool that you can use to, to do things. Right. And I think Copilot, it's, it falls under the Dynamics 365 family, if, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong, though. I think it's Dynamics 365 Copilot. Uh, there are, but there. I think there's Copilot products for other things too. Like yeah, there's, there's Git, GitHub Copilot mm -hmm. uh, for developer tools. Uh, so there's there's Copilot's kind of their AI brand for yeah for their business business products. Yeah, uh, and it's different. So they made a they went out of their way to make sure that people understand. I think that there's Chat GPT, but then there's um, what they call Azure Open AI. 
And and so so Copilot is is it's not the same Chat GPT that you go into and say, write me a poem written by Coolio yeah. about. You know, Julio. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, about your, weeds your, growing your, in the grass or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basketball player. Yeah. Um, you know, Julio. So it, this is this a, has boundaries, right? It's a it's a more controlled environment. It's got so it's uh, only pulling data from the data sources that Microsoft specified. Basically. Correct. It's a, it's, it's a, not taking it's a, it from kind of like a targeted a targeted chat yeah. at one yeah. particular area. Um, and you know they also made a big deal about um, the the privacy of the data, right? Because you know there's this concern. Okay, I'm running in Business Central, and you're going to be incorporating AI into Business Central. Well, are, is that data therefore being shared right. with the universe? What is AI pulling from Business Central? Yeah. Right, and and there's this global you know chatbot that's learning everything about my business, and that's going to be available for other businesses. Uh, and they made it very clear that that a company's data is going to remain within their environment. It's not shared. It doesn't become part of some global database of information. And so AI decides that it wants to do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But a whole nice. other discussion. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So and 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 like you said, that the idea is. Um, it's, so is that it's a it's a co- a, co- a co-pilot for the users. It's to help it's the tool. users be more efficient and more effective, yeah. right? Like if you think about it, like a co- like a true auto co-pilot, right? Like if, if on an airplane, right? Yeah. You have pilots sitting in the cockpit. They're capable of flying the planes, but they can also set it on autopilot, mm-hmm. and and that will use data. To make sure the plane stays flying yeah. on course. I mean, even if they have an actual co-pilot flying with them, you know, the, the, the main pilot is saying, all right, check this, do that. The main pilot is still in control, right? The co-pilot is just kind of um, assisting him do his or her whatever it is they have to do. Um, so I'll tell you what, though, I was shocked. So Microsoft introduced, right, they introduced co-pilot. And in my opinion... I know there's a race right now for AI and everybody's got to get all their AI stuff out there to be the best. I was shocked as to how little Copilot actually did within Business Central right now. Right. You, you understand? It's basically limited to creating descriptions on items and, and I don't know, maybe something else. Maybe something else. I can't even remember off the top of my head. But it's... it's, it's <laughs> Very limited in Business Central. And I think they just put it out there to say, we're the first, we got it out there, and I expect it over time to evolve heavily to do a lot more. So it'll be interesting, but I yeah. think they might have rushed it a little bit. Yeah, basically, it, it, the, the only incorporation of Copilot into Business Central is, yeah, you can auto-generate a long description of your item yeah. using fields and attributes associated with the item record. Right. And then if you change them up, it'll re recreate your description or whatnot. The, I mean, the first thing is that I would tell you that the vast majority of uh, Business Central user organizations don't extensively use attributes. Um, gotcha. I mean, they're used out there. I mean, but it's it's not a you know uh, you don't see every priority. customer setting up tons of attributes, color, size, dimensions, specifications, yeah. brand, you know, all, yeah. all that type of stuff. 
Well, I think they did that, and they chose to do it in this because, right, the, the, the ability to create less errors is pretty low in this, right? It's, it's something that they can't really mess up AI creating description. Yes, it could create, say something wrong about your product when it analyzes the picture and the, the attributes, but it's not really messing anything up yet. So it kind of tells me that in the background, they're still working heavily on AI. They're still working on the integration to make it as good as they can get it. But in time, we'll see. I mean, but I think, uh, but I would note though that even though specifically within Business Central, Copilot doesn't have much right now, right? Right. They said you know it will be a significant feature going forward. And also, if you look, if you're running Business Central online, you may also be running Office 365. Yeah. And if you look at the new Copilot features that are in Office 365, to me, those are more compelling. Right now, yeah. Though some of those things that they've added in there, and again, I think it's just like you said, it's a let's get something in there to say that we have something in there, uh, and it's just a start. Yeah, it's like the space race of the '60s and whatnot. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I wasn't around in the '60s like you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Luckily, hair is only gray now. <laughs> um, all right, so let me ask you a question: Do you envision a time where you could say to Business Central and Copilot, "Hey, perform year-end closing tasks for me"? You think it'll ever get to that point? Um, possibly. Yeah. I asked Ken because Ken's obviously very skilled with financials. <clears throat> Although you, may, you might have to use the right terms, um, and it would kind of yeah, yeah. maybe help. Like, um, you're again cope. I, I view it like in terms of like, like you said, a co-pilot. Like, yeah. um, you know, maybe me instead of me having to click here, click there, you open this say. page. I, I like you said, say that, and it just launches a page. So, but I'm still kind of in. Con have like, okay, I can review this and then click okay. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, something like that, especially, and I think that's a, that's a great example of, of where I think it can be useful. Because the reason I say that is because that is a, it's a once a year process. So no one remembers how to do it. It's okay. Oh, no, 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 okay. no, 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 <laughs> no, I mean, no one, no one remembers how to do it. Because you only do it once a year, right? right? I, the things like repetition, obviously there's a use for it there. But, but also in those things that you don't do very often, that like, I don't remember, what was the steps? Which, 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 check, which boxes do I check here? Yeah. Um, I, I think there's, it, you know, who knows? I mean, what, what you could do with it. I think we're at this uh, precipice, right? <laughs> of a crevasse. Crevasse. <laughs> Where uh, we we need to tread carefully, or else you might fall in. I don't know. Yeah, according to Elon Musk, right? Pull the brakes now. Right. And some other pretty prominent figures in in the world, they signed that petition saying we need to hold off on AI. Which is interesting because if if I'm not mistaken, I think Elon Musk was one of the first investors in the open AI. He was. He. Um, I I know that he helped create it right right so if and he's it was saying... it was a non-profit organization mm -hmm. which was created to ensure that there was a kind of a group of people who could collaborate and work together on this and make sure that it was being done in the right way yeah and then i don't know what happened i i have no idea but i do know that today OpenAI is a for-profit company yeah so that's 
that's really weird, right? Like you started, how can you start something as a non-for-profit, generate all this traction and energy and then go, okay, changed our mind. This is really valuable. We're now a for-profit company. Well, I mean, if if you're sitting there and you're going to say, well, you know, our our market cap, whatever, we might generate one of these trillion-dollar companies. Yeah, this non-for-profit thing's not going to be for us anymore. (laughs) Yeah, but, you know, that's not right. But it's Um, interesting. And then, you know, you had the the CEO of Google who said, with concerning that, he said this, and I'm paraphrasing, but he basically said that this is going to be bigger, it's as big as, like, man-creating fire or, or something like that. Which is pretty big when you when you come to think about it. It's pretty significant. Uh, I watched um, on um, about two weeks ago, three week, two three weeks ago, um, on sixty minutes on CBS. I don't know if they if this is available on streaming or whatever these days. Yes. Everything probably you is. probably could find it. But sixty minutes did a long form interview with the CEO of Google. And they showed some other Google robotics and stuff that they're working on, but I would I would say if you if this is interesting to you, I watch that interview and I I kind of picked up a couple things on some answers where the interview was asking him some pretty direct yes no questions and he was seemed to be evading the answer to the questions, which leads me to believe like you know and he said yeah we don't know what's going to happen, and the guy said interviewer said what do you wait what. <laughs> you you don't know what could happen like it, it's almost unbelievable isn't it right like he knows what will happen if he says the wrong thing and um <laughs> you know he he didn't he didn't directly address that question yeah so here here's actually the quote from the google ceo i don't know how to say his name is it pakai pakai i don't know he says ai is one of the most important things humanity is working on it is more profound than i don't know electricity or fire that's that's big time i mean you know electricity fire i mean that, that's but we'll see i personally think and i know ken disagrees but i think it's going to be involved in every aspect of like our life every industry i think it's going to be it's going to be huge yeah no i there definitely could be major implications oh absolutely when Elon Musk says it could lead to the destruction of civilization, it kind of doesn't give you the warm fuzzies. What was the last invention? Well, I, I think you probably... TikTok? That, <laughs> that, would, that, 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 that when it came out, you said, this is going to lead to the destruction of civilization. Yeah. Right? I much. mean, maybe Nuclear the, the atomic bomb. Yeah. Right? I guess that. Yeah. Um, and then th- this, I mean, jokingly, uh, TikTok, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a slow, yeah. that's a slow burn. Um, but, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I, my point is that I think in most cases when new technology arises, right. Um, People are always weary though. It's, it's, uh, well, and I guess you could say the internet, right. There's the vast majority, I mean, the, uh, the internet has definitely overall positively impacted people's lives, Yeah. but Unless there are TikTok. negatives with the internet. Right. Well, I mean, yeah. there's a downside. There's yeah. There's, there's a dark, a dark side stuff, for sure. Right of the internet. Yeah. Um, and, and and what's scary though is that like I, I think I've seen a couple people you know who are saying some people are saying we'll slow down on it. Well, other people aren't going to slow down on it. 
I mean, you could slow down Too much on, on your on your AI research and development, but other people aren't going to. And also, some people aren't going to accept any controls right. on what they do with it, right? Um, Not when it's profitable. Right. Or, Money, money's the driver. Yeah. So so I think, uh, yeah, there, there's a lot, I, I don't know, like you, you said, the cat's out of the bag. Yeah, that? yeah. But... It's been in a positive way. I know this that you came across some things that Copilot, Microsoft's AI can do with GitHub, with code and whatnot. And this is using AI as a tool, which would make life a little bit easier for developers. Because yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So so we saw some some demos. Um, Microsoft's within Visual Studio Code. So so Business Central, right? If you're building an extension, you're working in Visual Studio Code. And, and usually the developer goes in there and they start writing their code. And what we saw was a demo of the GitHub Copilot, where uh, as the, the, the developer's typing in code, after they type in a little bit, all of a sudden the code like goes, just fills in below where they're typing. Amazing. In, in kind of like a, a lighter colored font to show that this is all kind of suggested code. It's Copilot analyzing what the developer is inputting inputting and attempting to complete the rest of the code for it's kind of like a google search or something right where you're searching and it and pops up the rest correct right nice. it, it kind of takes a guess at yeah. what you're what you're searching for this is like taking a guess at what you're trying to accomplish in your code and microsoft studies have showed that it can it can make you know about 50% of a of a, write the fifty percent of the code estimate. and make make a developer fifty percent more effective. So it's huge right now. You know, they're not at a hundred. It's not a hundred percent. You still need a developer. Right. Right. But right. It was if just introduced. Can, <laughs> if you can do everything fifty percent more efficiently. Yeah. Um, that's pretty cool. Absolutely. Right? I mean, again, we're it's more. It's a whole other language. People want to do, you know, today less and less extensions, less and less customization. I want to use it yeah. out of the box, right? Don't I don't want to run anything that's proprietary right, and right. specific to us. We want to be just running the general system. So, uh, but if you do have to do custom code, and it can be done in maybe half the time, it's great. Or even like right better using best practices, better mm -hmm. right using good syntax and. And code, yeah. right? Instead of each developer writing their code how they do it, it can be done in a more uh, standardized way. Yeah. That also has benefits on it. So. I think it's going to be huge for developers. I mean, just to cut down on some of the time, some of the mistakes. Um, but I think it goes back to, to, to working how you kind of said, right? The better that you outline and give, give co-pilot directions and, and commands or whatnot, the, the better it will be for you. But yeah. I think, you know, when you put something in and you get an error, you know, maybe even for troubleshooting, I don't know, maybe I haven't seen how it works, but maybe you can input this, a certain code into GitHub and say, what's wrong with this? Can you troubleshoot this? I'm getting this error message. I don't know how it works, but that might be beneficial in the future. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, we're, we're, we're at the very beginning, like I said, we're at the, we're at the very start of this and yeah, we'll have to see where it goes. I, I'm, I mean... I think that there's going to be a ton of opportunities out there, a ton of new apps that come out, 
and things that people can use. Um, but I think those people that are going to be developing a lot of that stuff are going to be charging for it. Yeah. And the question is going to be, do people feel the need to pay extra or pay that amount for that? Is that, is that, is it, are they going to get the value? Now, if you said, hey, it's Microsoft, they're just building this in and they're going to include these features and this functionality with Business Central. So you're getting more and more value every month out of your user subscription. That's one thing, right? But, but if you're saying, well, hey, I built this whole AI tool over here. This is really cool and I'm going to charge you X dollars per month to use this. Is that, what's my price point? Is, and is yeah. that going to give, have a return on investment for you? Got to go back to the old micro and macroeconomics, right? What's the cost-benefit analysis, right? Do the chart. <laughs> and then uh, yeah. go from there. I think right now, right, the, it's, is, is it going to be worth it? A lot of these apps can be worth it for you? Most likely not, right? You know, but once the costs are coming down and, and things like that, yeah. people are going to adopt it. Like I said earlier when we were talking, as soon as somebody can show I saved 5% doing this or whatever, then other people jump on the bandwagon and, and yeah. then it, it takes off. Yeah. Well, I think we've had a nice little discussion here. Yeah. Uh, I can guarantee you one thing, two things. I can guarantee you two things. One, we're going to have more AI news yeah. next month. Some new stuff is yep. going to happen. And two, we're going to be having a new snack. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Hopefully nothing that has fish in it. <laughs> Sardines. All right, next up, we're going to be doing a feature segment on Data Administration Guide. So uh, it's a newer feature in Business Central, and Ken's already an expert on it. <laughs> Let's go. Back for the featured segment app, and today we're going to be talking about a feature that's been around for a little bit, but uh, is not most commonly known, and that is Data Administration in Business Central. And uh, I was surprised to learn of this feature today, but Ken, uh, Mr. Business Central, as I like to refer to him, knows a little bit about it. I'm going to pass this on over to Ken. Ken's going to tell us what this is and what does it do. So, Ken, what is it and what does it do? Yeah, so um, so <clears throat> this is, to me, it's like, a, I think of this, it's like almost like a, 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 secret, new, a secret new page that got created at some point down our journey from NAV to Business Central. All right. So, um, so you're running Business Central, right? You've got uh, all of these different types of entries. You've got you know ledger entries out there. You've got registers. Uh, every time you post something, it creates a register. You've got log entries, different types of log entries out there, um, and. Uh, you know, your database your grows over time as you add more data to right. it, right? Well, there's a capacity, right, for, for data that you get. Uh, you get 80 gig plus like two gig per user, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so far, um, you know, from what we've seen, everyone has, because of the, the compression that they're doing in the SQL databases and excluding the attachments and things, People, no one's having any issues with, with living within the allocated capacity. Right. But we know that over time, companies will mm -hmm. start to perhaps see 
some issues where they're kind of pushing up against their capacity limits. And of course, if they do, they can easily just add uh, extra capacity for a monthly fee. Yep. And there you go, just continue growing your database as large as you need it to get, you just keep paying more. But some people might be like, well, I've been running this for 15 years now, right? Or I have 15 years of data that I migrated in from, from my old data. system. And, and I don't really need it all. So, so what do I do? Where do I go? What utilities exist to allow me to optimize or clean up my database, if you will? Well, that would be the data administration page. So if you go in, you're a super user, you can go in, just do your search or tell me, data administration, opens this page. This page shows you uh, every table in your database, the number of records in the table, the size of the data, or, or like how big, it, how much space is that taking up, as well as the growth percentage. So you can kind of see which tables, and you can sort wow. by any of these columns and see which tables are growing the fastest, which tables take up the most space in the database, um, and, and so on. Uh, it also shows you that if you have multiple companies in your environment, how much data each company is taking up, right? So that's, that's it's kind of like a great overview. Here's, here's where my capacity utilization is coming. Now there is a kind of a more crude way to do this in the uh, Business Central Admin Center. You can just go into like list of tables and, and see it from there. But this is more user-based. So you're right in, in Business Central doing this. Um, so that's just the start though. So, oh, really? so now I've got all this information here. Now what I can do is I can go into Actions, under the Actions dropdown, I've got two different types of uh, actions. I've got what I'll call cleanup and then compression. Cleanup is kind of removing records that you don't need anymore. So like examples of data cleanup would be deleting change log entries, right? Um, so we're tracking any changes to certain fields on certain tables. But after, um, you know, I don't need any of these that are over three years old. So you can specify... Like a date. When you go to delete okay. them, yeah, you can you can just say doesn't delete all anything with a, a date of less than you know today minus three years. Go gotcha. delete, go delete all these. Um, you also can um, delete things like expired sales quotes, uh, sales quote versions, sales order versions, purchase order versions. You can delete um, things like. Uh, invoice sales orders, invoice purchase orders. You can delete it within the CRM, you know, Business Central marketing area, opportunities, logged segments, campaign segments, um, ledgers, or, or I'm sorry, wow. registers, right? Now, when it comes to ledger entries, you can compress those. So you don't want to delete your GL entries or your item ledger entries. But let, let, let's stick with GL entries for a minute. You may have 10 million posted GL entries because you loaded in your full GL history. Okay. But you, you really don't need to, to, to run, to, to see that granular level of data for anything over five years or seven years, whatever it is. You can compress your entries. So that would be GL entries, tax entries, budget entries, customer ledgers, vendor ledgers, item ledgers, 
Um, uh, yeah, uh, item budget entries. I don't know if I see item ledgers. No item ledgers. So I take that back. Item ledgers is not there. But uh, most of the other ledger entries. And what it does is instead of deleting them, um, let's say you have uh, you know, uh, 100,000 GL entries for the month of January. You can compress those down into like a single entry per account plus dimension per day. Okay. So instead of having 10,000 entries to your accounts receivable account, because every single invoice hits Great accounts account, receivable, yeah. you can compress those down to a single net change amount per day. So you might be able to take those 10,000 GL, those 10,000 entries to AR and uh, compress those down to 50 entries. And it's reducing the amount of space it takes up within business. Correct. Central. Yep. Yeah. It literally deletes the original entries and, and creates a new summarized entry per day. So it's basically creating a compressed folder in the background. Uh, a compressed entry. So like, right. like, for example, if you look in your GL entries table, again, let's say you had 10,000 entries that hit AR for the month of January. You might now only see 30 if you have uh, one entry per day. Gotcha. And it just, so you still, the, the benefit is you still can run your financial statements. You still can run reports, but you're, you're not going to be able to drill down into the individual transactions. But can you uncompress them? No. Okay. So once it's compressed, it, it's, it's compressed. But the, the, the theory is like, okay, after <coughs> seven years. You're compressing stuff that you're not going to need. You don't well, really need yeah. to go be going back in and looking at that level of detail. Right. So, um, and then lastly, there's, um, there's what's called data retention policy. So in the data retention policy, let's take the change log entries, for example. You might define a, chain, a, a retention policy that says, I only, need, I only want to maintain one year of change log entries. And then you can automatically set the retention policy to run, and it just regularly keeps, makes sure that you only have one year of those entries nice. available. So it's monitoring for you and continuously. Yeah, you just set it and forget about it, basically. Maintaining. Yep. There you go. That's yeah. nice. Yeah, that's real nice. So, so this is I, you know, I bring this up because it's kind of like um, a lot of people are like, well, wait. If you've used Nav before, you used to be able to go to the menu and you could find all these different data compression and data deletion utilities right off the menu. Yeah. They're not off the menu in Business Central. You can't find them. They're all held within this data administration tool. Really? So it, it makes it much easier to manage security. Like who has the ability uh, to do this, Certainly, right? Yeah. And then the last thing, and this is this is uh, again where I think you know Microsoft's taking this to the next level. Uh, in the in you know in the in the original days, we would have had this whole page with all these cool functions and utilities, and we would have just had to go punch these, click on these things, and figure it out. Now there's what's called, there's a button on the ribbon called the Data Administration Guide. It's a wizard that walks you through the steps. So for example, really? you click on it and it says, welcome to the Data Administration Guide. This will help you clean up various types of data in your company. You can run this guide again for each company and it explains why it's beneficial. You click next, uh, you can set your retention policies and enable those. Uh, gives you an opportunity to review your companies and maybe you just want to delete a whole company that you don't need anymore because that could take up so, a significant yeah. amount of space. Would you say it's very user-friendly then? I would say it's very user-friendly. Wow. Nice. Yeah, very. Yep. 
Um, and, and it tells you, like, okay, here's data compression. Click here to learn more about data, data compression. Um, and then you can go to the next and you can pick which tables do you want to compress. It's like little toggles you can pick. Uh, hit next, you can pick a starting date and an ending date. Uh, how do you want to compress them? To, per month, um, per week, per day, right? So, you, so you've got a lot of variables that you can pick as you go through this wizard. Uh, do you want to retain your dimensions? Do you want to delete any empty registers that might be sitting out there? Uh, and then you can kind of run it. So what's the rule of thumb? You know, I know you have an accounting background. Is it never delete? You always hear the seven years, right? Keep everything for seven years. For is that kind of, Yeah, is that kind of the rule of thumb? Yeah, that's the longest. Uh, typically the longest, at least in the United States, <laughs> from, a, from an IRS audit perspective um, or, or a statute of limitations, yeah. Uh, seven years is typically the longest. Some things are maybe two years or three years or five right. years. Uh, seven is usually the longest that you have to keep that level of detailed records. And after that, you can if it, you, know, you could shred it, shred that box of files. If so you, don't you really don't it. want to compress anything that's over seven years old. Yeah. You, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <coughs> gotcha. Right. Yeah. So. Pretty so cool. The, yeah. So this is something that I I kind of think it's it's like I. It's like a hidden feature, right? Jokingly call it like yeah my secret. Secret page because uh, <laughs> it, it's. I mean this this was this was this has been out here for a while yeah. since version eighteen. We're now on twenty one, moving yeah. to twenty two soon here. So a few years. So it's been out two years. This has been out there, um, but I don't remember much fanfare around right. this. Right. We I'll be honest cover you, I, don't, I don't even remember it being listed as a feature. As a so. new feature. Yeah. It was eighteen point two. That it. So that it was a rollout update. It was a, or it was a minor, update, yeah. monthly minor update, update. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty big. It's a pretty big inclusion yeah. for minor. So I update. think, it, yeah, I think it's pretty powerful, pretty insightful to see what's going on, even if you don't use it for deletion, just to see which tables are, are have the Taking most records, that, yeah. are the largest, and 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 what's your growth rate yeah. across different uh, tables. So you can kind of extrapolate out uh, how your database growth is is projecting. Uh, how, how I have been doing this personally is I would go into an environment and I would, I would do a kind of a screen capture of the, in the admin center. And I would look at the usage, used space, and then I would go in a month later and do the same thing and just, and just look, at the, yeah. look at the Compare. difference and say, oh, you're, the great database is growing about a half a gig a month. Right. So you can so kind you of, have some sort of, you engage some, what yeah, you might need more yeah. memory or whatnot. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's nice. I like that feature a lot. So, yeah. All right. Well, I think we covered a lot today. But before we we move on or whatnot, <laughs> I'm looking forward to this. We got to rate the beer. You got to rate the beer. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm going to give this a higher rating than than you. I I can honestly say, Ken has drank maybe a fifth of this beer. No, a third. <laughs> <laughs> Did it fill to the top when it was being poured? Oh, oh yeah, over. Yeah, yeah okay, okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, granted, it's a strong beer, but I don't know if I've ever seen Ken at least get one down, maybe. That's right. So this I is, even I got the Groove Grove down. The banana beer? Yeah, I remember the banana beer, yeah. Stacy was on as the guest. I, fin I even finished the 1050 barrel-aged beer. Remember Did you drink the, the cherry one, though? 
that one time? Uh, I don't know if I had. I might have had a different. Like a it was pack. a sample pack. Yeah. A, a I tried pretty bad. Leinen kugels. Yeah, yeah. I think I tried one of the other ones, an orange or something. <laughs> Do you want to go first and rate it, or you want me to go? Yeah, um, I'm gonna go twenty. Oh my god! Is that the lowest? Uh, but yeah, thirty-four. Thirty-four was, was the lowest. Was my new. It was my lowest, which was the Groove Grove. Yeah. Is it just because of the high alcohol content that hits you, or it, is it just overall taste? Overall taste, the 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 overpowering flavors and alcohol. It's uh, it's not sitting in my stomach very well. Wow, man, I did a terrible job this time. Or some might say it did a good job. Uh, some some <laughs> might some might speculate yeah. that you're smiling for a reason. Uh, I'm gonna go with. This is pure. I, you know, I, I've learned a lot about myself. I tend to like these stronger, stronger beers. Um, I'm gonna go seventy six. Solid seventy six. I like it. I can have one, two. Uh, it's, you know, you got to be in the, in, in the mood. I like the coffee notes, right? I'm a huge coffee guy, so I like the coffee notes, uh, kind of chocolate. The smell, I love the smell. One of the better smelling beers, in my opinion, that we've had on this show. But this is it's, hysterical it's, it's a strong me. beer. So Why? It's, it's so, rated the same as what? Uh, so, so 76 <laughs> is right between, right between Budweiser and Groove Grove for you. Yeah. Yeah, Budweiser, yeah, I like it, but it's not like... Those are just such different beers. But oh, completely you, you different beers. But they're all right around 76, the same. 76, 75, 74, or whatever. Well, yeah, right, so right. I feel, yeah, I feel about the same with all of them, right? I don't particularly... I mean, I like them, right? But I'm not going to go out of my way to get them. Now, if you put Budweiser, Groove Grove, and this in front of me to drink, I think I might go with Groove Grove. Your ratings would say Budweiser would be first would out it? of the three. Yeah, well, okay, well, I haven't had Groove Grove in a while. I can remember the taste of Budweiser, but Groove Grove had a one time, however. But yeah, and also, you know, it depends, like I always say, it depends on when you're drinking it. Budweiser, summertime. This, to me, this is a winter beer, right? A fall winter beer. Yeah. It's very thick, heavy. Yeah, I mean, I'm Coffee. A, it's not a more, maybe. Yeah, we, have, we have a little mini fridge in here where we, where we keep a lot of the beers that we've had. <laughs> and, and, you know, occasionally, hey, if you're, it's after five o'clock, you know, and yeah. you're, hey, grab a beer, you know, out of the fridge. Um, I'm going to invite you to take the rest of these. Home <laughs> I was going to say, is it going to stick around for a today? while? Yeah. Yeah. We don't want beer to go bad. <laughs> Unless maybe, maybe we'll give some other people here an opportunity to, to, to see if yeah, I'm, see if I'm crazy. Like beer. Maybe I'm crazy. I think you're more of a beer purist, right? You, like you probably, I want to say grew up on, but you probably got introduced to domestic beers, lighter beers. Yeah, you yeah. know, I don't know if that matters. I mean, I, 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 bet I, I know a lot of other people though that that love this. That this yeah. is the stronger, right? The better. Dark Lord Day at Three Floyds, right? Like yeah. people show up and pay twenty dollars for one beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and yeah. it's it's fourteen percent right. and even stronger, right? right? Yeah. But I'm I'm like you though. When when I when I think of beer, do I think of this as being beer? No, this isn't what I conjure up in my head as beer. I, you know, I think of Budweiser, Coors Light, like more domestic, lighter flavored beers. Corona, you know what I mean? Modelo. Yeah. This is to me. This is really a craft beer, right? One hundred percent. It's got the biscotti flavor to it and whatnot. It's a little bit different. I don't know. It's poop, strong. Poop craft. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> this is the worst beer. I can't believe it. The lowest rated. 
Even more than the pastrami one we had, right? When we have, uh, what was that sandwich one we had? Oh, give me one, give me two of those. Yeah, I can't yeah, remember. Yeah. Those, those are delicious. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I'm not gonna complain. No, I know you're not. I gotta try Guinness though. <laughs> I've never had Guinness. <laughs> Come on, really? Yeah, maybe I'll bring it in one okay, time. Okay, that now, yeah, we're gonna have to. We're, you know what? There, I've never had Guinness. History with Guinness. I have a feeling maybe we might be drinking Guinness next month. Yeah. Do you like Guinness? Oh, yeah. I just had one the other day. Really? Yeah. I can't see Guinness being in your wheelhouse. Oh, no. It's, it's actually... I don't want to... Uh, we're we're going we're gonna to have one. You've never had one? No. Can okay. you see through Guinness? Uh, it's, it's, almost, uh, it's a little bit lighter than this. This is, this is black. This is as black as black beer gets. Yeah, dance. this definitely looks like oil. It's it's a little bit li- as as if it seems possibly I mean it's lighter, but um, yeah we won't uh, we won't I won't talk too much about Guinness because uh, we we can uh, next month together yeah all right sounds good all right on that note we're done everybody like the podcast share the podcast we truly appreciate it and uh, we're gonna see you next month so Ken bye bye. As we end today's podcast, we want to give a big thank you to everyone who listens, shares this podcast, and leaves us reviews. You've taken a good amount of your time out of your day, and we truly appreciate it. Thanks again, and uh, don't be afraid to email us at marketing at solsyst.com with your tips for the podcast, or maybe you'd even like to be a guest during an episode.